we, um, we, de- we definitely, from the W Boys, we definitely want to welcome you guys all back to the W's and Dragons podcast. This is episode four. Nick, what are you, first of all, what are you drinking, buddy? I'm drinking one buoy IPA. Nice. That's very D&D fantasy, high fantasy. Love it. <laughs> all right, bitch. Literally, uh, I even asked what, I knew what drink we were supposed to make. I don't want to hear it. I, mean, I know, I know. I could have bought this shit at lunch. Y'all were like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, all right. Nah, we'll do it next weekend. It was a flavored enemy, by the way. That's what we were supposed to make. What yeah, yeah, you- I, have it. I have it saved. What are you oh, drinking, oh, mine, Mine's even more high fantasy than yours. Uh, mine is the new Mountain Dew Major Melon mixed with some pineapple vodka because fuck it. So it actually sounds pretty damn good, I'll be honest. And it's like really bright and... Uh, oh, yeah, this is also a cup that Keanu's son stole from... Lorosis. Um, <laughs> <Lorosis>, yeah. <laughs> so He thought it was right, a to-go you're... cup. <laughs> Bro, your son's a homie. All right. I mean, to be fair, any you hooked it up. If anytime I get plastered at a brewery for some reason, I steal glassware. The worst was when Nate and I did our fucking um, our uh, what, what's that term? Our, our uh, beer run before? Uh, not no, where you do multiple breweries in a row. Oh, bar hopping. Bar hopping. We did well. We did a bar hop like a bar crawl type right. thing for he and I to try to hit as many breweries as we could. And uh, I walked away with like fucking four pieces of glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from different places we did get black we did get a, well he got blackout drunk i uh i did not so yeah dude what you drinking i am drinking something i'm sorry it's my drinking? own creation okay you gotta, you gotta bring your mic a little bit closer <sighs> it's my own creation <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like that perfect all I right love it. so this is what i call the spiritual weapon um it oh, is yeah. baja blast with yeah, blue yeah. carousel and white rum. What oh, that's actually like? pretty good. Yeah, it sounds. It looks like it. It looks like it fucks. That looks. That's actually pretty good too. It's got that ethereal look to it. Exactly. I'm actually kind of jealous. That was actually a really I'm, good yeah, idea. I might make myself one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I still live very far away, and I don't have alcohol. Uh-huh. So that is that is my my drink of choice tonight. I just I I was thinking quick on my feet, and I was like, I got this Baja Blast from Taco Bell earlier. Was like fuck it, let's add some shit to it. <laughs> Noise. It tastes fuck good. Yeah. It's like I like I like that you call it spiritual weapon and you and it like looks pretty solid and it, the fact that you didn't put ice in it to keep the little ethereal yeah. look. You're kind of fucking with that pick right now. I'm just why lie. Sometimes I don't fuck up, but I fucked like everything else up tonight. So one thing I, I mean, can get right is the drinking part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was thinking about making Orcish Grog tonight, but I was like, nah, I gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> but for those who don't know who, are, who have not listened in before, Orcish Grog is just when I take whiskey and pour it into whatever beer I'm drinking. <laughs> because I'm an animal. <laughs> okay. Nick, bring us in. So, we talked about introduction in the first podcast. We talked about cla- a little bit about classes in the second. We are uh, talked about DMing in this in this past episode. I thought we could talk about something that everybody has to be at one point or another because not everybody's a DM, but everybody that plays Dungeons and Dragons is a player character. So I thought we could talk and touch on that this week, all right. since we all are decently well versed in being <laughs> PCs as the term. Not political right correctness tonight, everybody. It's player characters. Hmm. That's actually a decent topic, and I am kind of jealous I didn't think of that myself. 
Uh, to be fair, I was scrambling three hours ago to figure out a topic, so <laughs> don't be too impressed. I was like, hey, what if what if I just talk about something that we we all are at one point or another? Perfect. I was like this close to talking about spells, but I want to save that for another one. Yeah. I have sense. very high opinions on spells. <laughs> but so I just want to kick this off with a really open-ended question. Boys, what are the players' jobs? Like, what do you guys see your player characters' main job being in a campaign setting? Keanu, I want you to take this from a forever player perspective, a forever PC perspective. You're going to move into DMing, and we went over that a little bit last week, but as of right now, you're a forever PC. So I want, to, I want you to do it from your perspective, and I'll do it from a forever DM's perspective. Okay, so uh, from the resident forever PC character here, uh, really, there's a couple of different aspects that a player has to, uh, you know, it's their responsibility. One is to help develop the story uh, without roleplay, you know? So you, you obviously have to be engaged in the non-combat side thing. But then you also, you know, you have the combat side, which is you have to, you know, understand your role as the character that you're playing, and you have to be able to, you know, essentially make sure that you're contributing to your party uh, with, with combat as well. So you... You know, the, the DM is the one that's kind of pulling the strings, but you have to really, like, play a part in the story uh, RP-wise, and then you have your combat side as well. That's my answer. My answer is to... <clears throat> every player needs to annoy your DM as much as fucking possible <laughs> <laughs> until, they, until they break your story or they break your puzzle or they just break the fucking game. Until something works out. Just bang your head against the wall until it works. Uh, that's just part of the answer. Like, and that's like, I think that's part of, honestly, being a forever DM, I think that's probably one of the best parts. It's just because with that, it's just absolute fun. Like, a player character's number one job is to just enjoy being there. Enjoy being part of something much bigger um than themselves or than just us friends or whatever you know be 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 part of the story of an ever-growing world um and you know just enjoy it enjoy enjoy your time there you know and that's that's like the really the player's number one job is just you know have fun enjoy being part of something bigger something that your dm has slaved hours and hours for um but with all, all joking aside, just just have fun, you know. Pr role play if you feel like role playing. Fight if you feel like fighting. Just but just work together, have fun. Let's you know, let's build something great together, type thing, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. Um, I mean, everybody talks about like being the player character. When we was talking about it, you know, the PCs, player characters being. You know, these absolute psychopaths and murder hobos in a campaign setting. But, you know, it's a run-of-the-mill joke. But all in all, the whole point, as we talked about, and we talked about a little bit last week, is for the DM to have fun. But it's also, it's matching your DM's energy. It's put if you know, it's, it's you know, putting in the effort for the role play, like Keanu was talking about. It's trying to progress the story from a player perspective, but while also having a good time. That's, I mean, it's your that's your main intent and purpose, you know, as a player character. 
but it's also to make sure that everybody around you is having a good time too. And that's one thing see, people seem to forget is that, well, because this moment doesn't include me, I'm not like, it's just take, it's detracting. I want to be involved in everything. And I think a key aspect that a lot of players when they first start out seem to forget is that it is a group setting. It's a group game. Sometimes it's not about you. And you just, and like Dale said, make sure everybody has fun, but keep in mind that you're in a, you're in a setting of other people. It is a group game. You're basically in an orgy. All right. You're trying to make sure everybody's having a good time and everybody comes to completion by finishing the story. See, it's a, yeah, by finishing. It's, it's, like a, it's like a metaphor <laughs> with less fingers. So, I don't know what I meant by that, but I'm sticking with it. So, so you guys have anything to add to that? No, I think that's perfect. I think... Um, Orgy comment? Thank you. Yeah, I think you touched, I think you touched that just perfect. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> All right. So, as a player character, either... Man, look at that dump truck. Holy fuck. I just want him to back up. Is that too much to ask? Beep. Beep. <laughs> beep. <laughs> oh. So, as a... <laughs> fuck, I can't get over it now. All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, as player characters... As somebody who's played multitudes of years, how important do you guys think it is to know the rules? I mean, do you think it's a good breath to know, try to be as, you know, um, affluent with the rules as possible? Do you think you need to really dig in? Or do you think kind of having a better understanding of where to look and how to look versus memorization of the rules or being fluid with the rules, even if you need to, depending on the setting? Uh. I don't think that you need to know any of the rules. I think that's that's part of the glory of the game is that the game is what you want it to be. It helps if you know the rules. It'll help speed things along. But there's definitely like games out there, and we're and us three are three of the biggest you know Sherpas in the in in like our little D and D group. And that's we'll take people who have never played before who don't know any of the rules, and we'll walk them through. We'll hold their hands through. You know. Um, so I don't think you need to know any of the rules because you'll learn them. You know, that's what the DM is there for. He's kind of like that judge, judge, jury, executioner. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, the rules of D&D 5e may not always fully apply. It's really whatever the DM sets. Yeah, I would say, like, you know, do you need to know the rules? No. I mean... Again, that's kind of what the DM's there for is to kind of facilitate that stuff. And if if it's something that like, but I will say it definitely helps. Um, it definitely helps to have just a general idea how things work and general to kind idea of, of how things work. Yeah, and and like have like a know where to look. You know, if you want to clarify something, like when I first started playing Quill, that was something that I constantly had like the cleric, you know, class page tabbed on my on my uh, you know computer i had you know spells pulled up and everything because i wanted to make sure that like i knew what i was doing you know what i mean but that doesn't necessarily mean that's always the case not every dm is going to require that and it, again it's kind of up to the dm's discretion but uh i think that going in you should have at least somewhat of a general idea which can be helpful it's not required but you know at least be able to like read a, read a character sheet or like contact your DM before the game starts to to know how to read a character sheet. That'll help out a lot. Well, 
and uh, that's kind of what I was going to touch on with mine. I think having a, a general knowledge of what your character is and what you're playing, I'm not saying you need to know, all right, here's the exact subsection of where this rule's at, but I think knowing where to look if you're curious, just so you don't have to waste a DM's time, you can keep things moving, you're curious about something with your character, and you can always ask your DM for clarification, but if it's something basic like, oh, how many spells do I have? Uh, for this cl- for this level. Oh, okay, it's four. Okay, just want to double check that. But you know where to look for it, so you don't have to worry as much about you know keeping this all up in your noodle while jumping on top of every single or no or no you know in between keeping it all up here or you know just kind of having no idea of where you're coming from or anything like that. But I also think pe- players need to be a little bit more fluid with the rules, and that seems to always end up having there. So- always seems to be a player that has some very heavy rigidity to being told no when the DMs interpreting a rule this way and they see it this way, or to them it's black and white, but the DM is making it a little gray purposely for the story. So I think knowing, I think having a, a general idea of your character, knowing the basis, and, and you know knowing what your DMs, if they have any isms or little house rules, is checking in and make sure you have an idea of what those are, but also being able to be fluid with the rules as your DM interprets them, I think is always the a biggest aspect that people seem to gloss over and forget when they play D&D, is you know, taking the time and going, like, sometimes uh, it doesn't matter how right you are, the DM is still the DM, his say goes. And you just got to be, just take a breath, take a beat, and move on, move past it. and go. Just you be know. able to roll with the punches, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to know anything. You don't have to know anything about D and D going in, other than you know uh, that you want to play. There's there's groups out there that'll teach you how to play, and they'll teach you every aspect. But I mean, if you want to help the story progress a little bit easier, rather than asking questions every five minutes, just have an idea of what's going on a little bit beforehand. Do a little bit of research, or get together with your DM or some of the other players before and say, "Hey, I'm not quite sure what this means." Uh, can you can you help me understand this a little bit better? Don't don't be afraid to ask questions, especially like in between sessions. Oh yeah, never ever, even at the table, if you really need to clarify something. Yep. And that's something that like uh, I don't necessarily do that very often, but I I know that like you know Dale, Nate, Nick, you guys like if you're looking into your character and like you are, have a question about how a certain effect or spell will work, like you guys reach out to whoever's DMing that session and be like, hey man. Does this would this work? Like for instance, with Nate and his his little new uh, feet or whatever, with his new his new character in the the micro campaign, he literally reached out to Dale and was like, "Hey, I'm not sure how this works. How do you? How would you interpret this? You know what I mean?" Yeah, yeah. He he has the twitting feet, and he was trying to see if it works with Eldritch Blast at level five. Yeah, and I mean, just not that anybody besides us needs to know this, or really besides me and Nate needs to know this. <laughs> The twitting feet basically says any projectile or any spell that is supposed to be cast on one individual person or one target, automatically you can cast onto two targets for, you know, for free. Uh, Eldritch Blast before level five is a single target spell, but after level five, it becomes multiple target if you want it to be. So he was wondering if he could cast four Eldritch Blast, and I said, oh, fuck you. <laughs> hey, I'm level five. Can I do forty ten every single turn if I need to? Right, right. No, no, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like you said, that was an interpretation. He accepted it. and He moved on, and that's. But that's exactly what it comes down to. And being a player character is not don't not being afraid to ask the questions, find figuring stuff out. And if you really need clarification, talking to your DM. 
but you also have to be willing to accept the answer. Like like you said earlier, like you don't like if your DM says no, the answer's no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like don't take it as a personal attack. Just kind of roll with it. You're like, okay, figure out something else to do. The DM is in charge of the table, the story, the world, the characters. Sometimes they you will get told no. It happens to everybody, and that's a okay. And on the DM side, sometimes you'll you'll receive uh, backlash or even like people trying to argue their points. Stick to your guns. You know, it's it, when it comes down to it. All the players who are there, especially like long time players, they they know that your word is you know kind of law at the table. So. But that and that's the only downside is when you run into a new table of I mean we're talking all fresh, fresh players, fresh DMs. Sometimes DMs don't understand that they don't have to, they you don't have to say yes to the play to your player characters every single time. Just like the player characters can still they say are you if you ask them are you sure you want to do this you can still defiantly say yes I want to that might lead to your death but god damn it it's your right might uh, might lead to you attacking a guard and then getting knocked out and and. Uh, abducted by a cult. It might lead to you being sexually sold into slavery, like one of my characters happened, and the reason why I left a whole campaign. But, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> Anyways! <laughs> Do you guys have anything else to move, uh, add to that? Not to, the, no. not to the last part, everything before that. No, 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 but we will revisit this this whole slavery thing. It was really awkward. I don't like. What story? What purpose is it serving the story, DM? Oh, huh. <laughs> the worst thing to be ever told. And while we're talking about rules and and interpretations and all that, rules lawyers. For anybody that's not familiar, it's a term often referred to as somebody who is. The world is black and white. It says right here in this booklet. This rule says this. This needs to be this. Typically, the most common person to argue with a DM, or you might have a DM as a rules lawyer. How do you guys feel about rules, rules, rule lawyers? I mean, I will say that, like, I feel like um, we kind of hit that a little bit previously. Just kind of like, hey the dm has the has the final say so if your dm is a rule lawyer you know you just kind of have to accept that as part of you know the campaign that you're in or you know if it's a player that's you know trying to rule lawyer a dm or another player or something like i don't know off their character fuck them off yeah kill all the shit and kill them so we're all saying rule lawyer players are the worst well yes i think that Okay, no, no, that's fine. That's all I needed. All right, let's just move on. That is official on the podcast. Fuck all you. Yeah, Nate. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that... Poor guy. Um, rule lawyers, I think there's a time and a place for, for, uh, for rule lawyers. I think that if you know going in that, that your DM or a player is a rule lawyer and that's the type of game you're going to be playing, then just expect, you know, expect it. And if you don't like it, then don't play with that that group. Find a different group. I mean, it it really is. If that if it's the DM, it's his it's it's his group at that point. It's his story. It's his. He he can follow the five E player handbook to a T. And there's nothing you can say about it. You know, that's just the way it is. Well, there's a lot you can say about it, but m- most people you don't have to like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, 
it's the downside to a rule lawyer DM, I will say, is because it, we talked about, you know, the DM has ultimately the final say. <laughs> DM's job is to interpret the rules, progress the story, tell the story, you know, and, and move everything forward. But the downside is when you get into a group and you don't know the person's a rule lawyer and you, you, you know, sometimes you want to do the rule of cool, which is, you know, quite common amongst everybody. Everybody wants to do some weird, badass shit, but they go, no, you can only do an act and at one action this turn and a bonus action that can't count as your bonus action, you know, and it kind of sucks when you're in a new group and you want to do something interesting or kind of goofy or just for the fun of it. And you get told to kind of know. And you and it, again, that is the DM's world, and that's a okay for them to deny you to do that. It just sometimes, it, if you don't know you're going into it, it kind of sucks, and it's almost like a little bit of a shock when you, you know, you get uh, ruled out on a lot of things, or vice versa. When the play, you know, your player character, you know, you're doing your thing, and one of your one of your player characters, one of your other, you know, people playing with you, you know, just goes, "Hey, you can't do that. It's not in the rules, man." It's kind of kind of almost always like a little bit of a buzz kill. Yeah, it's. It's also like if it takes up a lot of fucking time. Like if you're a DM and you're just trying to tell the story and you're just trying to explain what's going on and the way you envision it, uh, and then somebody they just they, like you spend half of your session arguing over over something that that shouldn't even be argued over, you know. And that's that's always super hard, Nate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. <laughs> This poor some bitch is just getting dragged through the mud. This we were so nice to him the last one. This one I was like, all right, ah, it's time to shit on Nate. Here we go. Uh, with that, with that being said, uh, Nate is also one of my favorite player characters ever because he's a monster every single time. He just has like the 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 most absurd ideas, and I fucking love it. I'm here for it, <laughs> especially as a DM. When he when he comes up to you and he says, "Hey, I have an idea for this character," you know it's going to be fucking good. Like, even though even though it, it's starting to get to the point where, though now where all his characters are are like towing this line of they're all kind of the same, like they can all be related somehow. Yeah, here's the thing though: you say that until you have Ventress in your main campaign, and then you come fucking talk to me. <sighs> When the fucking third week you're playing with a group, he's like, all right, let me use this mind control to make some legalized prostitutes. It's like, yeah. no, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he was trying to cast friendship, and he'd be like, we're friends. That means I can pimp them out for money. And it's like, that's not what the fuck that means, Nate. That's not how that works. Yeah, no. <laughs> and the best part is, even if he would have succeeded, and this is one thing I always wanted to tell him, if even if he would have succeeded, Friendship lasts for an hour at most, or it's ten minutes, one of the two, but it's not long. As soon as the spell breaks, they A, know you cast a spell, and B, also are really pissed off at you <laughs> for, for fucking charming them. So, I, it, it, I don't know what he expected. Like, Well, he expected... What, what's the... what's the term? No. Well, here's the thing, is that he, he reads the spell to the point of he knows how to cast it, but he doesn't under, quite under, always understand the repercussions of He's like if you get he's like if you gave a fourteen year old a grenade. He knows how to pull the pin. He kind of forgot how to throw it. It's true, yeah. So and on that note, um, let's see, we talked about that already a little bit, so I'm just gonna zhuzh past it. Um Ooh, this one. You know, we like to talk about a lot of things on here, but one thing I don't think you'd think I was gonna bring up were the Boy Scouts. A scout is always prepared. 
and preparedness is a factor in a player character and a DM. How prepared do you think a DM or a player character should be coming into a session? Do you think they should be kind of think it should you know you think if you just bring yourself and your character sheet, good to go? Do you think you know at your this is your personal level and your personal take? How prepared do you like to come in? How prepared do you think you should come in? And this isn't as a DM. This is just as a player character. And what level uh, should you walk away from a session with? Should you should you be taking notes the whole time? You know, should you be digging in some light notes, heavy notes? You know, what do you guys think the level of preparedness and, and is that's as uh, you know is necessary for a game of D and D? So um, at your level, I'll say as a forever character, <laughs> forever PC, um, <laughs> it it honestly just kind of depends on what's going on. Like, if it's session one, you know, uh, you don't need anything. Like, you should have your backstory and your description or your character prepared, and that's, like, literally it. Everything else, you're just along for the ride. But there are certain times where we'll be in situations where, you know, I have to think about, like, okay, this is where we were. What do I, like, what does my character want to do now, you know? And, and I will think about it and, like, jot some stuff down. Like, oh, you know, his main objective is to do this. So this is what he needs to work towards. But, I mean, I'm more of the effect, like, most of the time, unless I have, like, some big decision to make, um, I usually just show up with my character sheet, and I just kind of wing it. <laughs> uh, as far as notes go, I I think that you should take notes for sure. Uh, I take very lightly, like, very light detail notes, like, not super heavy. Uh, but... That's come and bite me. It's bit me on the ass a few times. I, I should be better about note taking during a session. Um, but yeah, I, I think that if I could go back and redo it, I would probably take like, you know, more detailed notes, especially when we've been playing for fucking two years. Sometimes I forget names, places, or situations, or, you know, whatever. And if, I, if I'd have taken better notes, then I would be in a better spot. I uh, yeah, I think it's I think it depends on the the situation. I mean, there are times where I literally just open my dice box and I sit there, and I don't even have my character sheet pulled up until somebody asks me to roll something. You know, um, I get, it depends. Like, if the story is arcing more towards another player character, then I'm I'm not going to come super prepared. I'm going to come with my character sheet and ready to do some role play and back him up in combat if I need to. Because as far as uh, the situation goes, it doesn't call for my, my actual input or anything. But if I have a decision to make, like prime example was uh, when, when, not Quill, uh, when Bowlby had, had the decision, like this is the, one of the first times I saw Keanu actually like, I've only seen Keanu do this twice. Uh, this was the second time. The, the first time was in our main campaign um, when he... It had to do with the contractor, or that 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 was out on him. But the the, the second time, this is what I saw firsthand because I was in the same apartment as him, and we got done with our session. It was like it was the part where Bowlby had to choose whether or not he was going to get grab the dagger and stab that kid, or if he was going to fight off this this person. Just we just ended... for just for context, this was not a child in an orphanage. This was a hostage situation. All right, we're not monsters. It was a hostage situation, uh, and. Uh, we ended the session at a, at a climax, oh. and 
I, I took off my headphones and I turned around to Keanu and I was like just getting up to go like lay down and get ready for bed. And he was like, bro, are you trying to turn me fucking evil? <laughs> like, well, I don't know what to do. He's like, I don't know what to do. I said, well, you have a week to, to, to decide. But, um, yeah, I guess it depends on the situation. Me personally, I take notes on everything. Like, I'll remember anybody, anybody's name that we come across. Uh, anything that we find, I take such detailed notes. It's it's disgusting. Unfortunately, I don't always get to use those notes, and that's because it depends on the character I'm playing. I really, I really, if I'm if I'm playing kind of a dumber character, the chances are there are some characters like there are some people he won't remember. You know, and even though I remember them as a as the person playing this character, doesn't mean my character will. So I automatically just throw those to the wayside. Look at all these beautiful notes. Too bad you dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, but that's that's just like the forever DM coming in out of me because like, you know, there are maps, there are storylines, there are quests that I have prepared that it will never see the light of day. You know, and that's just part about being a DM. There's some notes that'll never see the light of day. So. Yep. Oh yeah. And uh. I know, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a hybrid between the two to be honest with you. I um I'm decent at taking notes when I know we're going to be in a campaign for a decent minute. Um however, most of the time I'm pretty bad about taking notes, especially in one shots or micro campaigns. I just kind of fuck it, we'll see what happens, you know. <laughs> Let's try our best. Um a prime example of that is a person uh, uh this little boy's sister died and he wanted to write a memorial out and he said, "I just want to write I just want to carve her name into the stone and i said okay what are you carving and he said her name and i said which is <laughs> so he ended up just he ended up just carving the words her name <laughs> yeah we kind of smooth brain the fuck out of this 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 micro campaign <laughs> there's it was it, it was it was most of it was the definition of banging your head against the wall until the wall starts to break that way you can walk through it <laughs> like Hey man, eventually something's going to give. Okay, that's true. Yep, yep. Um, but I also like to come in. I actually kind of get into the mindset of my character, which sounds a little goofy, but I get really excited um, to play like certain, like you know, like certain characters. Like as a as being a, 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 I guess at this point, realistically, I'm at this tag of a forever DM. I had a lot of time as a player character, and then I just kind of been DMing prior, primarily, you know, since I was nineteen. Um, so. When I get to play a character, I go all. It is like it is like having sex with myself, lighting a few candles, get some music going. I gotta get in the mood and get it right. And like me, I legitimately I have a Viking playlist right now for this kind of like Danish warrior character I set up. I you know his, his, uh, we're playing the micro campaign called Rathael. I actually get to play him multiple times because I'm the, uh, I'm an absolute psychopath, and I like to play consistent characters until they die. And, but it's very rare that I get to do that from hopping from place to place, campaign to campaign. So it's really great to finally settle in and play a character multiple times. And, you know, and the fact that he's a traveler made it easier for me to go, okay, he played this little short campaign I played, and then this one, now this one. So for me, but I like getting in the mindset of Wrath. I kind of play the play the music. Sometimes I'll watch like I'll watch like a, a TV show. Uh, sometimes when I'm really feeling it, I'll watch like a Norwegian like a documentary on on you know Danes and all that shit because I'm a well not Danes because they'd be from Denmark, but Vikings I guess is the is the proper well the nomenclature is so shit like that you know like I get in like the mindset of the character and like 
I still do this week to week with Wrath. I'm a monster, and I'm well aware of it. Right now, I'm rewatching The Last Kingdom, so it helps a little bit. So I'm like, all right, good. So, um, but, you know, in my opinion, yeah, you should probably take notes, but hey, man, like, not everybody does. We're all, we're, we all kind of suck at times. Yep. <sighs> um, um, now, this is one thing I, Actually, uh, sorry, let me backtrack. Do we have any last attacks? Do we have anything else we want to clarify or jump into on this? Oh, take notes. It's probably a good thing. It'll help you out. It'll help you in the party out in the long run. Come, never... prepared. Come prepared for the most part. Um, so I just want to talk about this, and this is something as a player character I'm guilty of, and it's something I know everybody's kind of guilty of. The reason I want to say that is this little thing in my hand. D&D in the modern modern era and how much of a pain in the ass as a char- player character it is when it's not you being the focus and not playing on your cell phone. Do you guys find that hard? Because I find that shit hard at times. Like, it is diff- especially playing online when you're not in the same room. Yeah. See, I see your face cringing, Keanu. I... It gets a little, it's, it's a little difficult in the new era. I love D&D. I really do. But sometimes if it's, I'm not, if we're, especially combat's the worst. I love combat, but like, I am very efficient with my turns. Yeah. I get my shit prepared ahead of time. I'm ready to go. And then a lot of people like to take a lot of time, move it, and it, combat gets very slow and, you know, very just oh, drawn yeah. out. But, so, you know, so I'm going to admit something here. All right. There was a few times in your campaign, Nick, <laughs> when I knew the session wasn't going to be focused on Quill. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, we were in like can't we were in combat, and I'm you know I didn't I'm not really paying attention. Where I was playing Rocket League, <laughs> but, that's way <laughs> fucking worse. That's but, way worse. That's way more. <laughs> it's like I was doing practice. So it wasn't like I was playing games. I could pause it at any time and like get back into the action. But like you know, I would just like I don't know. Sometimes it can be a lot, you know, especially like when you're like us and we're playing sessions that you know, go past midnight our time, sometimes, like, my brain, I can't, like, get it to focus on what's happening, and so I need, like, a distraction just to stay awake. There have been times where I've fallen asleep in the middle of sessions. I'm sure you guys have seen that, you know? Uh, it's just, I, like... That, especially in the early days. Yeah. Well, it was, I just wasn't used to staying up this late all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, it's something that you kind of have to, like, you know, get used to. But, but I don't know. Like, like, it is hard. Sometimes it's hard to, like keep focused but i i think that it's a problem that a lot of people have with a lot of things and it maybe isn't necessarily just specific to dungeons and dragons yeah well no i i know but like it's with D, it's a very focused game you really need to throw yourself into it right. and that's one thing i found in the mod and and you know with us having everybody has a fucking computer in their pocket it's hard not to be tempted to get on this and look at memes while, you know, combat's going or, you know, but there's, and, you know, just be in like, just because I'm prepared and ready does not mean shit did not happen in two turns that I didn't pay attention to. And now I'm behind the, the curve and I'm, you know, kind of throwing the turn away or making big mistakes. I know? will. I, if you don't mind, Nick, I will throw you under the bus a little bit here Absolutely. because it's in, fine. In, Everybody's in the, my, I, fa- I found in the micro campaign a couple times where, Everybody's like done their shit, and uh, then it's like wrath. You're on deck, blah blah blah. It's your turn, and you just kind of sit there, 
And I'm like, are you like, <laughs> gonna do anything? And you're like, oh, wait, oh, wait it's my turn. Oh, oh down. <laughs> I, look, man, I never said I wasn't guilty of it, too, okay? No, I know you are. 100%. It's just hard sometimes, especially because, like, I love you guys, but, like, especially, like, you know, Nate, let's just shit on him more. Let's, let's just absolutely dunk on him tonight. Nate will take very long-winded turns. He will rethink everything, his whole strategy, four times over. He's going to – he doesn't go – he's not very methodical. He's He dits around how he wants to do things, and it really starts dragging out. It's just like I don't need to be here for the whole process, you know, like mentally. And I just kind of like, ooh, look, shiny. I wonder what's happening with my football team, like, you know. Yeah, that's why, especially if he if he's I mean he hasn't really done that he hasn't really been in combat in this micro campaign. But if he uh, ever gets to that point, I usually I I'll remind him that I, actually, I have my notes on the phone. I actually had to pull it back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just I'll just remind him that like and this is I would do this to anybody mm-hmm. that uh, I mean each turn lasts six seconds. Like I've given I've given I've given you enough time, so hurry up. Like yeah. And that's something I need to try to work on a little bit more in my campaign when we come back into it. September 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 fifteenth, everybody says that's more Oh look at that. I got sent a text by our, our one and only fucking <laughs> Oh, I can't I want him to hear this podcast specifically. I wanna hear I want him to hear us say nice things in the last one and then just us dunk on him this one. Yeah. Um, uh, me I hate I hate that I'm this type of person, but like me, I feel like I'm that that good kid that's early to class. And like sits in the front row, and he has his pencils out, and they're all organized, and he has pieces of paper all neatly organized on his desk and shit. Like because like me, like even Mara knows that Wednesday's D and D nights, so she's just she texts me at at nine o'clock once I get off like the phone with her or whatever. She texts me and she says, "Have fun," and that's the last I talk to her for the night. <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's kind of cute though. Um... <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I just want to clarify on this. I find myself really not grabbing the cell phone or doing looking at other things and being focused on the combat when I'm a spellcaster. When I get to sit there and look through my spells and start like, okay, 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 and then going through the spell list and like getting because and that's one thing I really, really wish you know other players would do is is like they go, oh shit, it's my turn. I'm the spellcaster. Uh, I'm a wizard with a fuckload of intelligence and I have forty spells to choose from that are already prepared. Probably should have thought of this ahead of time, and you know what I mean. It always ends up being magic missile or fireball, and I hate it like, because because like you have this whole list to pull from. You could do a, a multitude of things. Like why don't you just like look at like look at your spell list ahead of time? Get yourself involved in the game while still distracting yourself and keeping the boredom kind of and keeping like the sorry I should say boredom of the tediousness of 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 combat or this portion at, at bay. You know. It doesn't hurt anything to look at your spell list and go, huh, maybe I don't need to cast Fireball three times in a row. Maybe I could actually just uh, mind control this, or uh, command this creature to run away and flee, and he's the main one, so then it can, you know, know, lead down a rabbit hole of thought, but, you know. I find myself uh, kind of studying what my my friends are doing, and like, even as a monk, like, my bread and butter is to hit them 18 times and then end with a stunning strike. You know, but stop. it's like, stop it. <laughs> what's the what's the best way? Like, I I study my friends' moves to see like what the best way. Of, plus, like, you're a monk, you could do cool shit. Like, so I like to add that flavor of like, would you let me slide underneath of a dragon and then punch its belly as I was sliding? You know, stuff shit like that. 
Dude, rule cool out rules a lot of other things, okay? <laughs> also, also, I agree. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is like you want your friends to have fun, and I feel like everybody deserves a fucking. <laughs> I feel like everybody deserves a neat moment, and monks also can look. And here's here's why how I justify that one easily. Can a monk jump off a building of any fucking height and just touch their hand to something and they take no falling damage? Yes. How in the fuck in the world could they not just slide under a dragon and punch it without ta- like with that's, no penalties? Suck my ass. That's how that one works. All right. That's, I'm just like, but I, I've I've seen people play monks where they just stand in front of the creature and they just punch and then they don't move. But it's like mm-hmm. do something cool, like hop on the back of this dragon, you know, and then ride it into the sky <laughs> or something, you know. I wouldn't recommend that. Why not? It worked for me. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't answer you right now. I just hear Metallica's one playing in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> hear the chopper blades spinning. <sighs> Flashback. Oh, fucking horrible flashbacks. <laughs> <sighs> Actually, uh, fuck. Now all I can hear is Phil TD going, "Get up on the Hydra's back." It's a fucking reference. I know you'd get that one, Dale. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but this talked about my next two is, is, you know, trying to being ready on your turn as a player to me is so important when it comes to role play and when it comes to when it comes to combat, when it comes to all aspects, being prepared to do something is is all, so supremely important for the flow and to assist everything around you and trying to minimize distractions is hard. And I'm not going to and I will not sit here and pretend like I don't get distracted and not and everybody else doesn't, you know. People always have some form of distraction or another, and it's only been made harder, especially playing PC, where just you have literally everything right here, and then your cell phone right here. You know, it makes makes stuff a little bit more difficult. However, combo, you know, getting your turn prepared ahead of time is never a bad thing, and it helps the flow. You know, and I'd I'd always recommend that you know for any player character, veteran or or you know lowbrow or newbie, you know, just get your, if you just get, just get, just, 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 just get your shit together. All right. Get it in a bag, get it together. Just try to be as ready as you can on your turn. So you improve the flow for everybody else. So nobody feels like they need a distraction. So combat's moving faster. So the RP's moving faster. So things are, are, well, I shouldn't say faster moving and it's a better pace, a pace that everyone can be involved in, you know, and that's something I think a lot of people seem to forget. Something that just this is just a, a little tip that I that worked for me to get my my phone out of my hand or like just technology out of my hand during sessions is and this is this is an expensive tip but this is what worked for me is I found myself especially like playing a spellcaster or anything anything close to a spellcaster like googling what certain spells did and like what the effects of this spell would be against this or you know whatever it is. And then I would catch myself going from there to looking at memes or, you know, just checking out socials and stuff like that. So I ended up buying just like the player's handbook. And that was like the first, obviously the first book I got. And it was, that made things a lot easier is yeah, it took more time to like learn the player's handbook and to like look for the, each spell and stuff like that. But like, I'm sure you guys have even seen during our sessions, I don't Google things. I usually just pick up my player's handbook and I look at the spell, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so that helped eliminate the whole technology side from me. All right. Keanu, you got anything else to add there? Do you want to, you guys want to fucking boot scoot and boogie on? Bro, just slide in. All right. Let's go, girls.
I want to talk about the most, I think it's the most, um, one of the most hot topics in the D&D realm and any RP realm. There you are. You're sitting there in front of the king. You and your band have a dragon's head in a cart. You've brought it forward. You've laid it down in front of him. This chaotic red dragon has finally been slain and brought to justice. You look at the king. You say, price is doubled. The king says, I'm sorry, but my kingdom could not afford that. We would be bankrupt. People would starve. Your character shrugs, throws a spear at the king. The DM says, what the fuck are you doing? Don't you want to try to persuade first? It's what my character would do. One of the worst phrases anyone hears ever. And I have said recently. That's why I made but, a face. Say what? That's why times. I made a face. I, I, again, I'm not hiding from it. Is there a time to justify your character's actions? Or should you try to make, and, and this is, you know, the essence of it's what my character would do is such, because that phrase itself has become ingrained as like a, ugh. But it is an attempt to justify somebody's actions just because everybody around you doesn't agree with it, Bol a la Bulby, potentially stabbing a kid. If you would have done that, justifiably, it's what his character would have done as a neutral evil character to save his own ass in the face of a, of a much greater foe. And it would have made sense. But he didn't. But would it have been made better and made more sense of the character for him to do it? That's right. I brought a little. I brought a little thunder tonight. Here's the little. thing: it depends on what the overall goal of Bulby is. Is Bulby's goal to, you know, is he is he trying to turn a new leaf? Is he trying to, you know, is he trying to embrace his evilness? You know, so I mean, is there anything more? Is there anything more chaotic than defying the very thing that gives you your power, though? That's the thing. He's not chaotic. He's neutral. Is there anything more evil than defying the thing that is it? Is it? Is it? Is it just neutral, or is it chaotic neutral, or is it neutral he's, evil? He's neutral evil. So okay. okay. So well, then it's same thing. Is there anything? Is, is there anything more evil than defying the very thing that gave you your powers? I mean, the only thing that might be a little bit more evil is actually stabbing the kid and succumbing to the power. Well, right. this is this is starting a wonderful conversation because I disagree. I feel like uh, stabbing and fighting against the power is honestly more of a good action. That is, you you are instead of being coerced and being forced to do an action, or even willingly giving into it, you are fighting back against something that is an embodiment of evil that has already slain another creature. Something you can justifiably know is evil. Would that not be a better or good action? Comparatively. Depends, depends on what the outcome is. This is the shit I'm talking about. See, I see that, that's where that's where it becomes into like that's where this whole alignment thing comes into. It's it's alignment is just a big fucking gray area, and it can really be however if you can justify it, that's what your alignment is, and it's a big fucking that's just that's just the way it is, and that's the whole reason that not to get into too much like logistics. That's the whole reason that that um, Wizards of the Coast and just like Dungeons and Dragons in general, they're trying to do away with alignment. 
yeah. is because of how much of a gray area it is. See, and I disagree with that though. I feel like alignment it has a has a, has a great place, not not as and that's part of the catch up where it go where this whole justification justification of it's what my character would do. I'm a neutral evil character. Neutral evil characters are more involved in themselves. It's kind of a me first attitude. It's you know they you know neutral evil characters they they tend to you know look at they look at what's best for them in the moment. Okay, this evil power I'm fighting against, I or I could join it garner more power, save my own skin, and fuck these people over. But at the end of the day, I'm, I looked out for number one, I'm still alive. Now, that is a justification purpose of, oh, it is what my character do. My character would do this. It would happen. It was a justify, it's a justification in my alignment. But with the gray area of alignment, is he not only saving himself by refusing to, by railing against that power, because he knows the people with him have a better chance of killing it, than he does. You know what I mean? And like you yeah. said, it's a gray area. And, and, that's, and I'm honestly, not trying like, to argue what, against, I'm just trying to bring up, you know, the, the discussion. Playing playing as Bulby during that situation was kind of rough. That was the thing that I was having such a hard time with, is he is neutral evil, you know? It would be perfectly acceptable for for his alignment to straight up commit, you know, headicide, right? Is that is that children murder? Yes, it sounds right, because, yes, sure, yeah. let's go with that. So, like, you know, he, he could have just totally murdered a kid, and, and like, that, that literally would have been acceptable for him as a character. But, in my eyes, he's neutral evil, and neutral evil, like you said, they watch out more for themselves. They commit evil when it's convenient, you know what I mean? Like, when they know that they're going to get the upper hand, it's not something they feel compulsed to do, it's not something that they have, like, a, a set of rules to do. They're evil because they can be. And in his mind, the justification for why he chose to to perform an illusion was to protect himself. Or first and foremost, he knew that if he wouldn't if he actually would have gone through with it, Wrath would have killed him. Mm -hmm. So he chose to do something that, you know, was more of a survivalist thing and then less of a, you know, I'm gonna to do this fucking thing that's obviously exactly. evil <laughs> and that's what that's exactly what it came down to is that he was backed into a corner and he chose literally what his only option was to live i mean if he if he d denied the force chances are he would have died if he succumbed to it he would have died so it was like what is he <laughs> what is he to do but evil is objective as yeah. is good and that's where the whole the whole giant gray comes into play that's where the whole argument, you know, of alignments and everything. And and that's where the whole it gets difficult when people go, Well, it's what my character would do. It, are are they inherently wrong? I mean, if it's because the interpretation is up to them at that point. And, you know, they they're trying to use you the whole purpose of alignments is to help you figure out your character's actions. As Keanu just talked through and worked through the process and everything it would do. So inherently, you are doing what your character would do, but you can also say that four different ways and justifying that around it. So it, that's that's the whole difficulty with alignments and, and why they're talking about trying to do away with them, maybe coming up with a, a new system. You know, it's been a it's been a massive staple, great meme material for for you know D and D and fans of it for so many years. But it is such a subjective, subjectively difficult thing because you know we talk about the alignments and then you talk about people that bring up true neutral. Which I think doesn't exist at all, and I will argue that till my dying breath. It is not an established nor 
worthy alignment. That's right. Fuck you. True neutral isn't real. Get over it. Uh, actually, so, as a druid player, uh, true neutral is real. <laughs> I'm not trying to open up that can of worms. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> the giant, dude, it's a giant can of worms. Uh, and I thought alignment could be something we can talk more in depth on later. But I did want to bring up the whole the classic player line of, you know, it's what my character would do and people's justifications. And, you know, is there a time it's right? Is there a time it isn't right? You know, and it's really hard to to quantify because. You know, somebody saying it after their lawful good character just fucking impales a peasant because they looked at them the wrong way. Not really. It's probably not what your character would do, but you know, it's. I think I think there should be a normalization of, you know, calling people out on if if they bring up this is what my character do. Just take a step back, even as like just a group, and just say, is it though? Like, is that really what your character would do? Yeah. Well, like my situation was with with Wrath. You know, Wrath, you even said, Wrath is drunk. He's not blackout, but we did multiple constitution checks, and we were pretty hammered. So I took that into account when we went up, and, you know, there's a guard who's denying us and then talking shit towards us. You know, we barely survived, and then he's threatening and, and you know, demeaning us. And Wrath attempted, attempted diplomacy and then immediately went to attack him. I didn't really want to do that, but there was really no way around a, an aggressive soldier character who had gotten hammered and then was being shit talked to in a dark alleyway with one guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's my justification for it. That's how I look at it. That's how I see it. And earnestly, as a player, I didn't even really want to do it, but I just kind of went, if I don't do this, it doesn't really even make sense. I've been drunk and almost gotten in a fight with somebody who talked shit to me at a bar, and I'm not even a, an aggressive person. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's subjective you're not nobody's in their right mind when they make when you drink alcohol that's kind of the point right if you get to that level i should say so it's it's really hard you know it, did it make me an asshole yes 100 percent. i made it harder on my group and and it was and justifiably they weren't really happy with the decision justifiably so however i think in the moment i made the right character move because subjectively it is what an out a drunken person would do and make a poor piss poor decision in the middle of the night and now you're in the underdark so and like, now we're in the underdark it's come full circle yeah you've come full f- i fucking hate it i fucking hate i hate what you've done to me um <laughs> but if, i don't know if you guys have anything else to add or any last attacks nope alignment uh, is um a gray fucking area and if you're gonna justify anything that your character does with uh, well, that's what my character would do. Then you know, explain why your character would do it at least. If it if it if it really just doesn't make fucking sense, that's all I'd have to say. I feel like I feel like the um, I feel like the if it's what my character would do, my yeah, I feel like it's it's what my character could do. Is that is not a period? It's a comma, and you lead into the just the actual justification on why sure. that's the case. That should not be your yeah. That's what they would do. Okay, why? Right. No, it's just what it's what they would do. You know what I mean? If it's what they would do, you're gonna have an inherent confliction like Bulby, as we talked about, had. You're gonna have an inherent confliction like Wrath had, and myself playing the character, going justifying. Yeah, this kind of sucks, and I don't even want to do it. But it is what he. It's what this person would do in this situation with these tools given to them. And for me, as the DM at that time, I vote for both of these cases. It was just like. 
there's a reason I didn't question anything is because, yeah, I mean, you didn't need to justify anything on those. Mm -hmm. But some people feel like this going, oh, that's what my character would do is like this kind of like, whoop, nailed it. Fucking Kobe. Fucking slam it and, for, you know, hit it for three. So. Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. You guys got anything in left on, in the tank on that one? No, man. It's pretty straightforward. Actually, it's not. It's it's alignment. It's a gray fucking area. So there's nothing straightforward about alignment. All right. Oh God. Good push. Thanks. So I want to talk about uh, reactions, but not as as an action, but being proactive and reactive in D and D um, as a player. Something that a lot of people seem to kind of gloss over, and this is something we talked about a little bit already, but. This is just kind of my view, and I want to at least share on it a little bit. As a player, this is something I always um, really like to take hold and really, you know, run with. Is I really like to be proactive as a character. I like to think ahead. I like to plan a little bit, get in the mood for the character, be proactive in the actions that they're going to take, and kind of, you know, if we're going here, okay, can I go buy some items? Can I go, you know, can I go... Um, to this, can I go to a shop? Can I get some potions? Can I get a new weapon? Can I enhance my weapon? Being proactive for your character down the long run, depending because you never know what the situation is going to take. Should you buy some rope? Should you buy a horse? Should you do this? Should you try to do a quest? Should you being proactive ahead of time and even you know trying to get little plans ahead of you know before your session and talking with your DM a little bit? Being proactive is never going to hurt anything. Being proactive on your turn, knowing what you intend to do, super super awesome. And we talked about that already, but. Also, being reactive is just as important, and something people seem to forget is being reactive, but keeping your cool while being reactive. D&D can get emotional at times. You can get really invested in the character. You can get invested in everything around you. You can get invested in non-player characters. You, it's a story. Hopefully, you have some investment in it. You're really excited. You want to keep seeing the next pieces. But understanding how to be reactive to a situation and not just kind of just going to the first thought in your head and being reactive appropriately to the to your character and your fellow characters around you, I think is something a lot of people seem tend to forget. And something I think is think it also talked about a lot. I think I think it also takes a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Big being, being proactive uh just comes with playing the game, but being reactive to what's going on in the world around you and what's going on with your players and with your friend and with the party and all this stuff. I think that comes with, um, just time, you know, time with your, especially if you're with a new group, you got to get, get to know them. You got to get to know what they're, what they're, how they play and stuff like that. But it just comes with how long you've played the game, how long you've been in this, this campaign setting and how long you've been with the, with these players really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would agree that, know a lot of dungeons and dragons is kind of playing off of other people and so i think that this is something that is kind of the same like you kind of have to gauge your like being prepared is one thing and being able to like be proactive is good and being and being like you said being able to react to situations is good but like a lot of that stuff i think is going to kind of come off of who you're playing with like for instance like i learned a lot like about what what kind of things to do, you know, with being proactive with your characters based on just like playing with like the main campaign, like figuring out that when you're in towns, you can look for, you know, blacksmiths that can 
upgrade your weapons or sell you new stuff like that wouldn't be something I would necessarily think about because Force it's hard. Force the DM to give you magic items. <laughs> Hold them down, spit in his mouth, make it happen. It can be kind of daunting when you don't have a list of things to do in front of you, you know? And you just kind of have to wing it yourself. So, you know, just take notes. <laughs> take notes. I guess uh, not just that, but it also has to... It, it goes a long way with how reactive the DM is as well. Because I've played with some DMs that are just like, I've written out this session, and if my players ask to do anything outside of what I've written, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to force them back onto this path. No, there's no shops in town. They're, at least they're all closed, stuff like that. It's not a path. It's a railroad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... You know they they force them they force them straight down that 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 railroad again, and it's like, nope, all the shops are closed. You guys got here too late, um, or or whatever. And it's like, be reactive, you know. Yeah, there's it, there's there's a brothel open. Go ahead and check it out. Yeah. Make con make con saves. See where it goes. Bring it back. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll go. I'll uh, yeah. I, I mean. Being reactive to the players around you is wholly important, and it's something that it, it takes a little time. It takes knowing the people around you. It also takes learning the characters too, you know. Um, and it's something that can be difficult for, especially for new players, is reacting to one another appropriately. You know, I've known Keanu for way too long at this point, and that's fair. He's known me for a long fucking time. You Intimately, know. even so, you know, ages come and go, yet the wheel still turns. So it just keeps going and going. And, but like, we still have to sometimes, if we RP with each other as players, it's kind of hard. It really is. Because sometimes I want to react to Keanu. I don't want to react, react to Bulby. So I'm not, you know, but I have to remember it's Bulby. It's not Keanu. You know, and, and it's, you know, Dale, you're pretty easy. I won't lie. Thanks. But then again, it's, it's DM versus DM. It's easier for me to fight you. It's easier for me to see you as your character. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bulby's difficult because he's just fucking Bulby. And now, if it was Quang Quangus. That's what that I was going to say. Quangus was, was one of the easiest characters to RP with, even from a DM perspective. And that was because he was nothing like Keanu. It was so yeah. far out of Keanu's comfort zone that it was nothing like him. It was amazing. I loved it. it was, I, I honestly, I, I kind of... Hashtag, hashtag bring back Quangus. <laughs> hashtag first chud. I mean, Quangus isn't dead, all right? Hey, Quangus isn't dead, and Chud St. Pound isn't dead. No, I they're just, just, they're just floating around. in limbo in the middle of the sea. Because we've never finished that either. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we tried. To be yeah. fair, that one shot turned into a six-hour one shot and still wasn't finished, so it's fine. Yeah, that was a whole lot of fucking... I mean, to be fair, I tried to move it along, and I was like, I'll just go sleep in my bunk, and everybody's like, let's spend two hours at the shop. I was like... <laughs> See, that's what my character would do, though. I played a fucking half-elf paladin who's a goody two-shoes, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go, go sleepy night-night, bitch, and that's what he did. <laughs> I just I, I just fed it to them. I just fed it with, with those special the, the special bags and this, like, fucking pawn shop that they walked into. Yeah. Oh, God. You guys that was filled with nothing but fucking dirt. <sighs> Yet yeah, still was purchased out the ass. Do you guys have anything, or you guys want to take a little break? Let's a little quick little breaky poo. We're more than halfway through, um, so 
when we come back, we'll have a few, a few, few questions left, a few more topics to talk about, and then we'll wrap it up there. Okay. Sounds good. Let's, Let's do, do that. Quick fiber. Right. Little fiber. All right, let's get back at it. Oh God! Still talking about player character stuff, play being a player character, aspects of player character, some things people don't tend to think about. You know, just the zhuzh, just the zhuzh, just a little bit of zhuzh, just the zhuzh. So, now this is a question. I think it's probably the most important one I'll ask all night. This is a question on piety, specifically to the one true God, your DM. In your piety to your DM, what is your go-to snack you bring your DM that you had that you're playing with for the first time? That's right. I dropped the curveball, bitch. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I haven't played an in-person session since Seattle, and before that, it was uh, <sighs> that one time I played with you in my senior year of high school. So I don't have an answer to this question. What snack did you bring me in Seattle? Ass. Nothing. Just, just as, just Actually, as cake. To be fair, it was Taco Bell. He paid for it. I think that was later that night, but that wasn't during the session. No, that was no, that was the night before because the session was Sunday. That was before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you motherfuckers. Taco. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You motherfuckers. All right, we're all tired of shit. You all fell asleep and left me to stay awake in the shady fucking hotel with the DoorDash driver that was forty-five minutes late, bringing seventy dollars worth of Taco Bell for the four of us. That three I, of us. <laughs> oh yeah, just three I, of us. I, oh yeah, John wasn't there. But yeah, just yeah, John was there for that. The, one. the three of us, bro. Like, what the fuck? To be fair, we we weren't asleep. We were just in, cuddled up in the bed talking. Just changed. That's even worse. You didn't fucking talk to me. <laughs> we tried to. No, you didn't. No, bro, that's, where the hot, that's where the hot dog badge came from. <laughs> the fucking picture of me and Nate in the bed and shit. With the fucking hot dog being slapped between my cheeks. The one oh, that the, we said that would never night, get out. Was that the night before? That was the first night. That was because yeah. we we crashed together. Because uh, Saturday. We uh. crashed together Friday night because uh, uh, Kelsey's sister was in town. So we Nate crashed with us on, on Friday and Saturday. and Or no, just Friday. Because we went back on Saturday. And then we had the hotel and shit. Because... Yeah, Saturday was uh, post-Coheed, and we were fucking done. Because we got Azels, and we smashed it in the room. Yes, it's coming back to me. Oh, that was so good. Fuck. I'm sorry, we got on a tangent. We can pull this back. Uh, yeah, Dale. so I, I, my answer is uh, I bring myself snacks, and fuck everyone else. <laughs> That's my boy. I don't know, maybe like beer or like whiskey or something. Something that we could all just partake in. You you guys are never pious to your DMs and bring them a specific snack? Fuck no. Oh, bro. That's how you fucking, that's how you ingratiate yourself and get favor. They get that that DM inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Goddamn right. They get that DM inspiration, you bring them a snacky poo. Uh, DM, I'd like to be, uh, I would like to be a warlock. Okay, that's pretty, pretty normal. I'd like my patron to be you. I'm not going to do that. That's, that's pretty unfair. Snacks? You know what? I think we can make it work. I'm telling you. All right. The key to any DMs is to any DM to their heart, their belly, and their butthole. Yeah, no, I'd rather just lick their butthole. I'm going to be honest. Ugh. You lick it first? <laughs> or lickings for after. <laughs> Fuck. I hate myself. 
All right, anyways, moving on. Figure licking good. Um, all right. So this is something I see a lot in other player characters, and it's something I'm guilty of, you know, when you're, and especially for new people that are rolling their character, even veteran players are guilty of this one, and it's, it's the, I was born in a village. I grew up and realized the sword was calling to me. I struck down my foe left and right. By the time I was 13, I was an expert swordsman. My family, a family of nobles, sent me on an amazing quest where I beheaded a dragon. Uh-huh. At level I have, one. I have come here to meet this group, to slay, and go on great adventures, to further my family name. Dies at level one to a kobold. How do you guys make really interesting backstories while still keeping it earnest, especially for a level one character? Or do you guys have any tips, tricks? Do you guys have any ways you could you know, to it's to keep your character interesting and grounded. It does not mean, especially because I see one of the biggest issues, especially with fifth edition and having backgrounds, folk hero is always kind of a toughie. Because people want to make them, if they're a folk hero, it means they've done something. They've saved somebody. They've done something here or there. They've done a multitude of actions to become a little local hero. But how would somebody, like, kind of, how would, as a player, like, what do you guys do to save that? Like, how do you kind of help keep a level one character grounded and, and interesting? See, if I, if I, when I think about folk hero, I think small town, like very, very village, maybe even smaller than village, just a f little farming area. And I think maybe, you know, our old lady was walking down the street, got her purse snatched from her, and you just happened to catch the guy, you know, and that, that helped you become a folk hero. And it's like, when it comes to, for me personally, when it comes to a level zero character or a level one character, if you want to have an interesting backstory, just start with some type of tragedy. I mean, really, first and foremost, it, 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 all, it all starts with what class you're going to have. But the easiest way to go that will really uh, pertain to most classes is just start with a tragedy and how you lived through that tragedy. You don't have to do anything cool other than, I fucking ran away, you know, and now I'm, now I'm going to set out to try to avenge whatever, whatever is happening, you know. But start with a tragedy. That's the easiest way. Don't don't come at. I mean, there's no reason why you're saying that you're like. You, there's no reason that at level one you should be saying I'm a literal god. You know, it happens a lot. That's because people don't. That's that comes from a lot of people who don't understand Dungeons and Dragons and uh, understand that you're starting at level one. You know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> level one. Most most of the monsters out there could just you know flick you in the nose and you're you'll die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's rough. Yeah. So it's like, start with a tragedy um, and just tell how you lived through that tragedy. Did you run away? Did you hide? You know, what, 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 what happened? See, and this is one thing I think that I disagree on, because I, I feel like you don't need to do a tragedy. It doesn't, not every story is a tragedy, you know? They're, you know, it's one of those things where you can keep a character really, you can keep a character interesting, Without having had, you know, unless it's a rogue, no parents. That's just completely required. Um, but, you know, I think you don't need a tragedy for every character. I genuinely, I love the idea of somebody playing a level one fighter. Just some, just some dude in a village. He's like, my dad had a sword. 
I thought it'd be kind of cool to just see what the fuck was going on. No, no, That's yeah, a level just, one character, you know what I mean? Like, I was just saying, you you asked what tips I have, and oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. If, that's a tip. Is like if you want to make it easy, start with the tragedy. Yeah, that's well, all it was. I, I think it's more than just tragedy. Is what I'm what I'm getting at. It's not just it's not just tragedy. I mean, tragedy is always easy. My 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 family were murdered right before my eyes. I hid in the bush, and uh, I decided to get power. Boom! You got it. You got a character. If my parents were dead before I was born. Boom! You got a rogue. You know. You know, it's it's my parents love me, and and my mom took me to church every Sunday, and then she was killed in a horrible rowboating accident. Boom! You got a paladin. You know, it's like it's, like it's Ebo. You know, I was I was I was asked if I if I wanted to play, literally like a day before the next session, and you know my Ebo's ended up big. Uh, I was sneaking out of a monastery to go visit the local like gnomish village and and stuff like that, and one day when I came back. The monastery was destroyed, and I thought it was because I kept sneaking out, so somebody followed us back. So I ran away, you know, stuff like that. Hey, what can I say but you're welcome? I think, like, a lot of it, too, is that, like, you know, you you have to understand that as a level one character, you're kind of a piece of shit. And, like, essentially, you're at the beginning of, like, your ri- your ascension, you know what I mean? Like... Potential ascension. You might die. There's right. a good chance you'll die. But like, you know, called survivor bias. Don't uh you know, you're not gonna be some fucking war hero coming in as a level one. Make make it make sense, okay? Like you're just barely better than a commoner. You're not gonna be you know unless you're just extremely lucky, you're not gonna be, you know, some fucking reveled orc slayer. That's not how it works. This is why you've never even seen an orc. Right. <laughs> and if you have, your family died because of it. Yeah. Fucking Yenry. And then you're right back to the tragedy storyline. <laughs> yeah, you fucking tantrum looking ass. Tips. Just keep so, it simple. You could you could have a really cool fucking backstory without without saying that you're a literal god or that you've sl- you've slain dragons or anything like that. See. And this is something I, I I think you can really get into a decently interesting backstory while still keeping that ju- that juxtaposition of you not being nearly as powerful. Like, because Wrath was was a great fighter in his in his in his village where he grew up, and they were born with an axe, you know, or they were born to fight. Sorry, but he you know went to the axe. He ended up you know having to kill his brother in, in combat. Uh, Keanu, don't repeat this to the rest of the group, but and he was exiled. He lost his name. He lost everything. And then, you know, you know, part of his story is that he was a he was a soldier, but he was then put to the ships and then he lost a lot of his status, lost a lot of his he stopped fighting. He lost a lot of who he was along the way. And him picking back up at level one is this rusty soldier kind of getting back into it. So he's not nearly as skilled as he used to be. He's not as good of a fighter as he used to be. And that was like kind of the justification of having this really interesting backstory, keeping it unique, keeping it flavorful while still having aspects of his background and all that while still having a justification on why he's not nearly as powerful as he would sound, you know, that, that's something I think um, a lot of people have problems with is, is I think you can still make something, somebody have an inner, like a really neat, you know, they, or even like a little bit more of a powerful backstory. I mean, for God's sakes, you could be just a monk and you got fat. Like you just like, that's why you're back at level one. You haven't trained in 15 years, right. you know? You can even keep your you can even keep your your dragon slayer background by saying, 
you were in a town that got attacked by a dragon, and the people who actually killed the dragon, uh, you became in close proximity with, you know, you, you yep. know, stuff like that. And so they started teaching you, and all of a sudden, you have your barbarian, or you have your fighter, you know, yep. <laughs> or, or whatever. And, and you, you, ki you killed a dragon because people were just like, oh, yeah, he was there. He by proxy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, he, he like, and because people in the chaos had no idea, and you're just kind of like, uh, like, <laughs> you accidentally made a fucking anime character. Fucking, you know, it just, it happens, all right? Yeah. But, you know, it's just something to keep in mind is that having those neat backgrounds also, it's also absolutely okay, then, you know, if your character th thus has a, a, a reason, a justification for them not being at that level. You know, it, it makes that so much easier if they die because it's like, well, you know, the, the the rust really was there. He just didn't have the, in him to fight like he used to, and he got killed by, you know, a, a fucking displacer beast. You know, <laughs> things like that <laughs> at level one because I'm a monster. But yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? That's something that I think a lot of people seem to forget is is you know you can have a tragic backstory, you can have and and keep it simple, keep it keep it running, keep it smooth. You can have, you know, an interesting backstory with a lot of just with justifications. But the ultimate thing is you don't have to give up. You can have a tragic backstory. You know, you can have everything in between. And that's what's great about D&D. But, you know, you can still have it. Just don't think that just because you're level one, you're a god. You know, and you came up with this amazing character who does everything under the sun. Just, you know, you can be the dragon slayer. Hell, you could have killed the dragon. And then you sold your soul to a warlock because you were dying in another battlefield. Now you lost all your powers and you have to appease your deity to get shit back. Boom shakalaka. Stuff like that, you know? You're welcome. Those are free. Those are free. Fuck, it's free 99. Okay? Not the wrath one. If you take that, I will beat your dick in with a bat. Okay? Or your, 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 uh, whatever else the thing is. What's I, what's I kill Wrath off? Aubergine. That's what it yeah. is. What's I kill what's I kill Wrath off in this last episode? Don't fucking do this. Um you guys can have his backstory. I don't give a fuck. Don't fucking be like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. You like hot fudge Sundays, Dale? No. Try the lasagna, it's my favorite. Still hot out there? <laughs> it's my Did you my catch phone. the game last night? All right. The last thing I really wanted to talk into, and this is something I think everybody can walk away with and, and take a hold on. New, old, young, old, soft, old. Old. <laughs> One of the most awkward encounters for any group, especially a new group, is trying to roleplay the initial session and getting together and finding a way to make it click as a group. It is so difficult for all the players to link up and kind of get into that that moment. You know, you're in the tavern, a bar fight breaks out. How do you justify helping this person or or not helping that person or kind of easing the awkwardness or you all finally get together, you're sitting at a table, but nobody says a word to each other, you know? That that initial fitting in meeting the group phase of adventuring when you kind of start to roll together. Like, do you guys have any tips, tricks, or advice on how you guys think how anybody can make it easier and less awkward? Because it always seems to have some issues as you're going into it. I think a lot of it comes with ex experience. You, you, a lot of the time when you sit down at a table, you'll you'll see that the people who start role playing in, in, in session zero or session one um, are the ones who have a little bit more time in D and D under their belt. You know, they they're the and. I, I like to do that personally myself. I'll, I like to be the, one of the ones that jump straight into roleplay. 
because if people see, wow, this guy's doing it, he doesn't look like an idiot doing it, or maybe he does, uh, it makes everybody else kind of loosen up a little bit and say, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad. He's into it. What what makes things even weirder is if he's into it and I'm not into it, so I might as well just roll with the punches. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's just like it, it it's it can be annoying or it can be you know kind of not annoying, but it can be kind of like drawn out. But I feel like you just kind of have to do it. <laughs> like uh, it can be awkward, but. I don't know. Don't be don't be afraid to fail and be awkward. Right. That's and, my opinion and on that. Keep an open mind because sometimes you'll sometimes you have a great idea for how your character is gonna RP and then you try it and you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like that. And uh <laughs> you gotta go back to Sorry. the drawing board, you know, in the middle of your of your role play. So Yep. When you walk up to another character you go, Is it still hot out there? Might not have been the best move. <laughs> um I just you know think what? that oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I just, I just think that just, just give it a try. Jump into it. That's the easiest way to do it is just by fucking doing it. You know, just jump into it and you'll figure it out. You'll figure things out. Cause if you, everybody's there for the same reason. That's to play Dungeons and Dragons, which is by all definitions, a role playing game. Like you're, you have to expect that there's going to be role playing there. Yep. And, uh, you know, like for me, and like one of the things, don't be afraid to think out the box outside of the box either. You don't have to just go up, hail, how's it going? You can you can kind of go, okay, my character's a little aggressive. My first a char- my first interaction with Wrath with another group, he was in a tavern drinking. They show a large our DM explained there's a large dragonborn, you know, six feet tall, you know, sitting there in donned armor. Wrath slams his beer, walks up to him and goes, you, I want to fight you. <laughs> and had a friendly bar brawl to get them interacting. Picked him up, bought him, in a, bought him beer, and then they, that's how the characters introduced. And then, you know, it was great. It was like the perfect introduction for Wrath. That's kind of just Wrath. He had no qualms of losing. He had a great, you know, he just wanted to meet this large, intimidating foe, fight them a little bit, and then, you know, get to know them. So it's it's also figuring out like you know what wh- how would you what do you think your character would do and don't be afraid to just try something, get fuck it get out there you know like you know, you know wave your dick at traffic I don't know. Also, if it's like if if it's your first time playing and it's your first time like role playing, then just like a couple sessions ago when we were talking about um how to like make different characters and stuff like that, you know one of the big one of the big things that we all agreed on was. For your first character, if you don't know what to do and this is your first time, just play yourself. So role play yourself, you know, in that in that situation. What would you personally do? Don't worry about what your character would do. What would you do? And a lot of the time that'll probably make things a little bit easier. You're not you're not playing make believe, you're just playing yourself. So and you always know how to play with play yourself. Yeah, play with yourself. At least we hope you do, unless you're Unless you really don't ever, you don't ever your true self, then that makes life more difficult. But then again, technically you're always role playing, so it should be easier for you. So there's that. Um, you guys have anything else to add? Cap off on that last point, last talk. Just go out there and do it. You know, have fun. But the most important thing, like the the, the thing about like being a PC, and this this just comes full circle at this point for this podcast is. Just have fun. That's your. That's literally your only job is to have fun. 
So go out there and have fun. Like, there's no reason to to hold back. If you have fun and you make sure everybody around you has has fun, then it's just a great time. It's the best. It's one of the best parts. You're not a DM. You don't have to show up with the entire world story made. You just got to show up with what you need. Hopefully, make some notes. Buy your DM a snack. I don't know. Get a little weird. Make, do a funny voice. Who gives a shit? It's your I'll world. tell you. I'll tell you what. It feels really good when a podcast comes full circle on an episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually surprised we did on that one because that's it. That's all I had uh, jotted up for us. But I do want to end on a little game of what's that character. Before we do this, can I bring up uh, something that, uh, as a forever player, uh, I was thinking about as something I could add on to this episode? Absolutely. I don't have time. Shut up. No so, time! <laughs> um, I have been, you know, I've, I've played in quite a few campaigns, and something that I wanted to add is, you know, if you're a new player, or even if you're a player that's played for a while, and... You know, you're playing with a new DM, for instance, somebody that you're not familiar with, um, and you realize that your vibes just don't match, like you aren't necessarily having a good time, or, you know, you disagree with the way that, you know, like your dungeon master or even some of the other players, you know, uh, conduct themselves when you're playing, you know, you should, shouldn't feel bad for speaking up. You know, bringing it to the DM's attention, especially if it's about like another player or how their their style of DMing is, and don't be afraid if nothing's being done about it to withdraw yourself from any campaign or any group of people that you're not having fun with. Uh, I've had to do it, like where I just played with people and I was like, I really don't like the way that this is going, <laughs> or if they do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, I was about to say, I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling real called out here. Yeah, I get it. You know, like, I, I've talked to, to all, uh, quite a bit of people that, that just basically, like, said that people made it, made them feel uncomfortable, like, trying to play Dungeons oh, and yeah. Dragons, especially, you know. Uh, women. Especially yep. women, yeah. I, and, and that is something yeah. that is, I, it fucking pisses me off, like, because, you know, people like us, we want everybody to be inclusive. We want everyone to play Dungeons and Dragons regardless of their, you know, gender you know political beliefs i don't give a fuck like we're here to have fun and we're here to to make it something that everyone can enjoy but like i've I've heard a lot of people say like oh well you know i tried it but somebody made me feel uncomfortable and so i just like completely stopped playing you know that's valid uh not everybody's gonna be like that though um but if you ever feel uncomfortable in a campaign like it's not your job to you know completely uh like you, you have no nothing holding you there. You're more than welcome to leave, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. Um, you know, set your boundaries and and don't be afraid to enforce them. It's, it's a it's a really fair point you're making, and completely completely um, accurate. Um, you know, there's an entire subreddit called RPG Horror Horror Stories. If you ever want to take a look at some of the monsters that exist in the RPG community. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have nothing to disagree with there and it's, it sucks that we got to end on the note, but it is really true. You know, sometimes some people suck. It just, it's, it, it's the worst. And, and some people just suck. They, their fun is making you uncomfortable, making you feel bad. It's some people are just shitty. 
Sometimes DM, sometimes DMs just allow it because, well, that's my friend. I don't want to lose this group I have, X, Y, Z. It's a number of excuses nine times out of ten, uh, you know, I, you know if, if they aren't willing to stop the shitty behavior, you know. And like, like Keanu said, don't be afraid to just hit the eject button. Fuck them. Fuck anybody who makes you feel uncomfortable and not want to have fun with this game. They are the worst. Um, they will get syphilis and, uh, and of the eyes and die. Um, so, you know, don't feel any ever, don't even feel, one thing I always see that always makes me feel terrible is people go, well, maybe next time we'll be, no, fuck that. Nine times out of ten, if they're shitty day one, you're not going to have a good day two doing an RPG session with these kind of people. Just mm-hmm. hit the eject button, get out of there, and especially, especially if you say something and the people do not stop. Don't even be afraid to get up in the middle of the session go, all right, cool, bye. Yeah. Do what and- you gotta do. Welcome. It's your enjoyment too. Like you said, it's it's all about everyone's enjoyment, not just yours. It's about everyone having fun and having a good time. But but most importantly, um, one thing to to just remember is just because you had that that experience with that person mm-hmm. or with that group doesn't mean every group is going to be that way. Don't allow that one situation scare you away from D and D altogether. Yeah, you know, if you if you guys are in that position or whatever and you guys need a new group, and you just want to give it a try, but you're not sure because your last DM or your last group was kind of iffy, come to us. We'll help you. We got you. Open arms. Something something we're Sherpas. I just want to add that in there. <laughs> something something we're Sherpas, yeah. Could be on that's, actually, that's, a, that's actually the... the um, our next podcast that's coming out is something something we're Sherpas. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're, fuck, we're just going to record a podcast every day of the week. Eventually, <laughs> people are going to notice. All right, that's how it works. No, but I mean, for we're always looking for new people to to play with. I mean, we have in in the Honeycomb Discord, we do have an entire um, section that's just for D and D one shots. And if you want to sign up for a one shot, we run them all the time. Um, not as often as we we probably should or that we want to, but we do run them. We also need more people to sign up. Is is, is a, yeah, exactly. So also um, a thing. And join us, not just come. You can do that, but and join us. Yeah, yeah. At the same time. Uh, multitask we talk about we talk about don't make not making people feel uncomfortable and here we are doing that That is true yeah so any last tacks on the topics boys go ahead any more additions nothing to add anybody want to come and say more nope all right so we're gonna close out the uh, close out the last of this with a rousing session of who or what's that character uh, and for those of you who don't know, it is a little game we like to play where we pick a character of pop from pop culture, whether it be video games, anime, books, TV shows, movies, what have you. Pick the character. And we're going to try to pick a class and what that what the character would be. And today we have a little Spike Spiegel. I thought he'd be a fun one. Kind of get off the high fantasy norm we've been doing. Spike Spiegel. Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Yep. I've never watched Cowboy Bebop. Oh, shut the hell up. I haven't. I'm going to be honest. Are you, are you for real right now? Yeah. I've watched. Oh, the my f- God. I thought you. What? You're the worst. How? I'm sorry. I, I it hurts my soul. I, I have thought this seen, was like, oh, everybody knows this one. I've seen the first six episodes. I'm, you, well, I'm yeah. in the process of watching it for the first time. Yeah, but the, I know you're in the process of watching it. That's why I picked it because I know you've at least seen it. I, I right. assume because you're watching it, Dale had seen it. No, I have not. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna read up on him for just two seconds, and then I'll give you my a uh, quick opinion. All right, Keanu, take it away. Then this hurts. Uh don't do that to me. <laughs> All um, right, fine. I can start then. Okay. All right. Unpopular opinion, monk. I think Spike Spiegel is a monk. He's has vicious unarmed attacks. Um, he the only weapons he uses outside of his fists are melee weapons, or sorry, not melee, but uh, long range, as in a pistol, um, which D and D would be a throwing weapon, which they can only use certain ones. He ten- tends to stick with those. He uses throwable objects. He also at points has grabbed things and thrown them back. Classic monk ability. Um, and he has a surprising a surprising movement speed and does martial arts on the side. And it has been canon in the episode, or in uh, certain episodes, watching him train. So, I think Spike Spiegel's a monk, straight vanilla monk. I don't oh. know. Back, background might be. I don't know. Was there a way of the fist background? I'm not entirely certain. There is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with what the very little I have read about him, which is about a paragraph and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with uh, a rogue. Oh, explain your explain your your thought process here. Um, he has many talents and abilities. From what I've read, I'll read you. I'll read you this paragraph and a half and a half that I read, and tell me <laughs> that this doesn't say rogue. Spike has many talents and abilities, including very sharp eyesight, abnormally acute perception, and extraordinary luck. Um, it is implied that he has little trouble recovering from evil, fa- even fatal injuries. Uh, after a few days and usually strong endurance against pain during fights. Spike makes use of a sleight of hand technique to win card games, pickpockets, and even slip um, slip things onto other people unnoticed. He's well-versed in weaponry, or weaponry um, including martial arts, hand-to-hand skills, and firearms. So what if he was like a, like a monk rogue? Good see. But here's the thing: you can still be a pickpocket as a monk who typically have high dexterity, uh, and, no, you and have high sleight of hand as a skill set, which is completely. Yeah, no, you can't. Abs- you you absolutely can. I mean, Ro- even, Rogan. Even in the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, he literally like pulls a ruse on his target, and he he completely just yoinks his bloody eye, like yoink, and then. You know, like I, I guess that makes sense eh. as a rogue. Monks, but... monks, monks and rogues are like hand in hand. I yeah. mean, he, they're they're really they're really one of the same kind of in a way because you know rogues can be very well versed. Maybe not so much in hand to hand combat, but in small arms, and they're very very well versed in sharpshooting. A lot of them. So, I mean, but I, I don't know. See, I could see a monk rogue multiclass. But then again. I've only read a paragraph and a half about the guy, so I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I'm shocked. I just was, I was, I thought you'd, thought you'd seen Cowboy Bebop. No, I have not. You should watch it. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I will. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely, especially, and, especially after me, that paragraph and a half. Me, me and Keanu have, a, have an entire Google Docs, like, uh, spreadsheet that we have to get through. Yeah, well, I'd um, watch that one with you guys. Just gotta let me know when you're watching it. I have I have sharpened a lot of people to watch Cowboy Bebop, and I because I used to not be into anime, and that's the one that got me into it. So yeah, I'm finishing up Dragon Ball Super. I'm only a few episodes left. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's the newest one. I <clears throat> yeah, and then I I'm a few episodes into JoJo, so I have to watch that already. God damn. I've still got to watch Berserk with you, and then I have to finish <sighs> Cowboy Bebop. Well, if if you guys would stop having lives on the weekend, we could watch those more. Well, you're about to you're about to have a Sunday football time. Sunday football, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my Sunday restrictions. Sawi. Well, I mean, you guys are more than welcome to join us. I just know you don't want to. Fuck no. See. I mean that with all the love. I know. That's why I kept it. Oh God, why do I have so much? Hold up. Don't worry about it. So. While we're here, while we're talking about, while we're into it, um, you guys want to let's uh, roll for. I got it right here. Oh no, I'm gonna roll. Oh, oh I was I was gonna yeah, do it yeah. on stream. Oh, the book. Okay, okay. Well, oh, I, no, no, the I book. Gonna... I think we're. I think we're just gonna keep the what we're doing for the book. I was gonna roll a D4 for me and Keanu. Oh, I was I was gonna roll it because I thought I got to. I mean, if you want to, I was just gonna do it on stream. But... Okay, well, go ahead and do it on your stream then. I'm sorry, I don't wanna. I don't wanna give it away. Perfectly but I, I, I do get to roll for the book. So since we missed Flavored Enemy this week, then I'm going to roll for the next one. We might make Flavored Enemy down the line. Do you want to roll the D4? I'm fine with it. I don't give a fuck. It's a D4. Roll it, Daddy. Davey, right. roll it. Keanu? One and two, it's me. Three and four, it's you. That is the slowest D4 I've ever seen. I know, because I had my acceleration off right now. It's a one, I think. It's yep, a one. It's one. me. All right. Keanu gets to skip out. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll end up being me the week after that. Yeah. All right. Now for the next week's drink. Oh, let me grab my ball. Go for it. All right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 22. I hope this doesn't suck. Please be something with, with whiskey. <laughs> Please make it easy. I'm flavored in me. I'd laugh hard as fuck if it was flavored into me again. Alright, this one is called... Oh, God. Well, that's a weird name for a drink. It's called Turn Undead. Ooh. One ounce vodka. Oh, one ounce coffee liqueur oh fuck and two teaspoons of fresh lemon that is oh it. I, actually, I actually have i actually have one third of that already that's kind of nice so kalua and fucking is it just vodka right just vodka oh. kalua and uh lemon juice i'm buying the shittiest fucking vodka possible for this Get some kamchatka <laughs> or some pop-off yeah, oh yeah, pop dude off. If, if i can buy, <laughs> I can buy a fucking aristocrat i would oh you guys ever had that that's plastic jug territory. That's, that's how so shitty you're that's, So is Popov and Kamchatka. Those are both plastic jugs. Ooh, boy. You're spending less than $10 for a fucking liter and a half of that shit, boy. Hey, man. <laughs> when you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. What can I say? Yeah. But I think Bro. that's it for tonight. It's all I got, guys. Dale's oh. the next, uh, next, leading the next session next, next Friday at normal time. And, uh, What's the word I was looking for? And um, we drinking the turn undead. And on top of that, um, this and coming already... when? Oh, tomorrow actually. Sorry. 
Well, yeah. Tomorrow we'll be playing, uh, for the people that see this on Friday, fuck you, it's technically two days ago, but for the people seeing this right now on the stream, it is going to be D&D &D Wednesday, that is normal time as scheduled, we'll be finishing up the micro-campaign a week from tomorrow, we will be back at it again with the Tip City Brawlers, September 15th, coming at you live on Twitch. I, maybe, I don't know, but if one of these guys... It will be. So live, Twitch City... Twitch City, yeah. Tip City Brawlers, coming back in our uh, two-and-a-half-year main campaign. The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. <laughs> and we will be finishing this micro-campaign. One way or another, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know how how it's gonna end yet, but we will finish it. With that being said, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday, and then again on Friday. Obviously not this Friday, but next Friday. But this will be uh, I don't know if I was streaming at the time, but this will be uh. There will be like a, a recap stream or it would just be rebroadcast over on Boozy's channel on Friday for anybody who might have missed it. But we'll we'll make tweets about that and post it all over Discord. Awesome. All and right. see you guys. And cut. There you go.